You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome, guys, to this week's mini-sode. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. Today we're speaking with a Drama Desk Award winner, most well-known for originating the role of Adrian in Rocky on Broadway. She's an activist and singer-songwriter here today to share her new singles recently released. And she's expecting her first baby in November, Margot Seibert. Welcome, Margot. Adrian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I couldn't help it. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How fun. From your kitchen, it looks like, maybe? This is my kitchen. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In front of my Podcasting oven. in the times of COVID. That's that's what this is, right? Yeah. Um, first off, well, we normally ask people to tell us about their children, but you don't have yours yet. Yes, mine you is still, still inside my body. <laughs> <laughs> when are you due, Margot? I'm due at the end of November. Okay. So I just, yeah, I just uh, entered the third trimester this uh, past week. How are you feeling? I feel, I feel really warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel good. I, I feel like it actually coincided. It was like the day that it became the third trimester. One, she got hiccups in the it's morning. I was like, it's a she. And so I was like, oh, okay, happy day to you. And and proceeded to get hiccups for like three or four times during the day. And um, and then also I was like, oh, it's harder to move around. <laughs> it's like a little bit harder to sleep. Oh. So yeah. it all kind of, it's like, it feels very, it feels more real, let's say. Yeah. 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 And at least it's like, we're entering the cooler season so that I feel very, I was, I was the end of my pregnancy in August and that was, <laughs> yes, brutal. Yeah, that was, yeah, but Karen like, and I were both super pregs in the summer and it's, but also do anything. Yeah. But I had a fall baby too. End of October. My second one was, and I feel like I never got cool. Like I was, it was summer and then I was just hot until that baby yeah. was out, even though the weather was cooler, I was not. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling very warm. It's like beautifully cool out today, and I'm like, I can't stop sweating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How, well, I'm sure it's been like such a crazy thing to be pregnant during this time, right? I mean, oh. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, you know, hearing some of your other episodes. It's it's it sounds relatively crazy all the time. Like True. I didn't have to do. I feel very fortunate. In the sense that I didn't have to continue an eight show week. I didn't have a choice as <laughs> I I opened. So I was doing a show at Playwrights Horizons. Um, yes, Unknown Soldier. Unknown yes. Soldier. Unknown Soldier. And we had, we had gone, we were, thank goodness, we got through previews. We opened the show on Monday and the shutdown was Thursday. So, and the, the crazy thing was too, like the role I was playing was a woman who was pregnant like but secretly and was deciding and like was was in deciding whether or not she was going to have the child she was an OBGYN who was very used to delivering other people's children and she sings this whole like five minute song thank you Michael Friedman about um I give away children is the is the name of the song so it's like how she's like I what I do is I help other women and I I 
try to keep them healthy and I give away children. It's nothing to me. And so it's this whole, but, but we don't know until the end of the song that she's actually pregnant and she doesn't exactly know what to do. So that was happening. Uh, we were trying to get pregnant and I was just like, well, we'll see. And the show closes, you know, Wednesday night. And I find out that I'm pregnant that weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So it was kind of, it's like, like you, you called you, your character, like called your baby into being it's like, you were getting like, really method. With totally. Method. That's what I do. That's what I do. I really want to fully experience the character's journey. So there was, it was, it was crazy. It was like, I actually, and I feel very fortunate that I didn't then have to like have a first trimester in an eight show week, like leading that show. Right. Yeah. So no, totally. you would have figured it out. I would have figured it out. So you also would have been so exhausted. <laughs> right. And I luckily did the whole show in like a bathrobe. So it was a bit like PJs in a bathrobe was my costume. I also okay. heard, yeah, you guys were talking about like um, thongs and various, you know, like various, co- like, Oh, the Jen Rias. Yeah. Her. Like can't even imagine. My it's costumes have transitioned over the last few years. Um, on a Broadway stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my, God. my costumes have amazing. transitioned to like full PJs over the last couple of years, which I'm, I'm good with. So Girl, I, I hear it. it. I have, I don't, my half top days are over, I think, <laughs> for sure. And I'm not mad about it. Oh, oh my God. God. So that was a known soldier. So the beginning of this pandemic was like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll do this. Was that scary Mm -hmm. for you to be pregnant in the beginning of the pandemic? I mean, obviously there was a lot of fear for anybody pregnant or not. Yeah. I mean, it's not that we know a a whole lot more than we did then, but I guess we're just more used to it. Yeah. You know, like used to the the way of life. And yeah, I immediately, um, my husband and I were like, do we stick around? We were very lucky that we have, um, family in Maryland and in West Virginia. And one of, one of my cousins had, you know, an open Airbnb in the woods in West Virginia because no one was booking anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just packed everything and we went to West Virginia and I was like, I guess I'll find prenatal care there. <laughs> and, you know, cause I didn't want to necessarily be in and out of doctor's offices here yeah. if I could help it because it yeah. was like, it was the height of, or we didn't even know what the height was. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, it felt a bit scary. And also I felt like I couldn't really celebrate mm. this, um, because it didn't feel appropriate or it didn't feel, you know, there was a lot of unknown and, um, and so we just kind of kept it pretty quiet and on a mountaintop in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing though. And I remember when I saw your post on Instagram, like talking about you're pregnant. I was like, Eric, Margot's pregnant. You know, I mean, because Margot, I met Margot and she was doing Rocky. My husband Eric was in Rocky with Margot, so that's where we met. But um, it's so exciting. Well, we're glad that you're feeling good, even though you're warm. Thank <laughs> yeah, <right>. you. <laughs> and Jess, uh, that hope- was like you are our show baby. Elliot was our show baby. That's right. We were all like, oh my God, when's she going to come? When's she going to come? Yeah. We made the, we made the announcement when y'all were, yeah, during the, during the run. And then she came, she came a week and a half after you closed. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Well, I know you had these plans pre-COVID, right? Of, Of your, 
Well, Margot is here mainly too to talk about awesome couple of singles that she's releasing. Um, so will you tell us how these came into being? Because yeah. I know it wasn't necessarily the plan from the get-go, right? No, I mean, we've all <laughs> had to pivot a little bit. Um, there was, so over the last few years, and I had my debut album came out in 2018. And so I've been writing music and was finally brave enough to kind of put it out there. And so I've been playing with my band. Pre-COVID, we had about like five different concerts lined up, you know, up and down the East Coast that we were going to do this spring. Um, and we had a bunch of new music that was in the works. So that obviously all everything has been canceled. And we had a couple numbers that that I had written and that were like ready to go. We didn't know exactly what the arrangements were going to be, but like felt like we could continue working on them. And So my collaborator, Alan Stevens Hewitt, and I, he's my bass player and fantastic musician. We just started like, like postal servicing, like, okay, every, like every Thursday, every Thursday I'd be like, here's what I have. And he'd do his magic on it and he'd send it back to me and say like, I, he'd be like, I added a harp. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Here. So I was in West Virginia and I was, I re-recorded these songs because they were just like rough demos re-recorded them in like an old locker that I filled with blankets and like put my mic in and stuck my head in and just (laughs) sang them Um, because we were like, we can do this. I think we can do it. Like, let's just get these tunes out. So from the beginning of, uh, I would say, um, like mid-March, April to we, the, the singles just came out on September 4th. We kind of put it together and um, I found an amazing digital animator at uh, the School of Visual Arts in New York City who made a music video to accompany the um, like the A-side uh, tune called Influence because I wanted to also like, I don't know, have this be an opportunity for somebody to create as well. And um, I, I was that. able to finance it and pay everybody for their time. And so I know it's like, especially it's, this time. <laughs> right. I was yeah. like, none of us have jobs and I'm, and we're all happy to make things because that's what we know how to do. But also if I could pay everyone to make this, th- that would be tremendous. So I have an amazing, amazing producer named um, Brett Edwards, who's, who's ph- phenomenal. And the songs came out on the fourth, two singles, all of the proceeds go to the Actors Fund for COVID Relief and the Loveland Foundation, um, That's which fantastic. is, yeah, like where I was like, okay, at least we can give back to the community. And it was nice. It was nice to like really get that music, you know, out into the world. And the singles are so good, you guys. We've listened oh, to them. Oh my God. They're so good. I mean, Jessica said it best. She's like, it's like Joni Mitchell meets Fiona Apple meets Bjork. Like, it's got a little bit of everything. And I feel like it really kind of captures the feeling of this time where we're kind of not lost in space, but in our own space, a little bit of adrift, if you will, even though we're in one place. Uh, Yeah. But it's got like a real kind of like, internal emotional mix-up feeling to it is what I gained from it I mean everybody listens to music differently but that's what I I love that I love thank you thank you for sharing that so everybody please please check it out where where can they find it what's the easiest way for them to you can find it anywhere where you stream you know or any 
any of like it's not in CD form, but who has CDs anymore? Um, so you know, I would say though, I would encourage anyone if you still have iTunes or use iTunes to purchase the tunes because then the money actually yes. goes to these organizations. But you can take a listen on Spotify. Make sure you want to purchase them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's funny that you said that about the you know kind of like floating in space because influence really came was inspired by octet which i did at signature like dave malloy's acapella musical about technology and also being told at the same time very often that i can't book gigs this is you know the powers that be i can't book gigs because i don't have enough followers and i would say well then great let me uh well that's fine i'll just perform i'll book my own gigs and i'll perform live and they're like well, like, cause that's how I can get followers. Right. And they're like, no, we can't actually book those for you. So it was like chicken and egg. Like you have oh to have God. more people before we can give you the gig, but how you get people is playing the music. I know. So that know. very what, much is. It's so wild. I mean, what so it wild. has become. And even more so, so given that live performance is not something that can happen right now. So the internet is the only way to get any sort of audience. Yeah, really, absolutely. Yeah, really fascinating. And like in some ways, yeah, I think fascinating is a great word for it because <laughs> it's like we're really, really connected, but we're feeling really isolated and we don't get to interact with one another, but we do get to interact in an odd way all the time. So yeah, it's kind of the music kind of explores that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I loved it. Was that your, uh, is that your sonogram in the video? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, can we do a photo collage? And if we do a photo collage, can I give you this picture of my baby? And so now she's like in this music video. That's fun. Before in utero, like before she's even come into being. So embarrassing, mom. No. No. No, she'll love that one day. She'll love that she's there. Um, I just have to address, you brought up Octet and people may have also seen you. You started originating the role, um, um, of Jan- wait, am I blanking? Janet, Jane, Jane. Jane. in transit, knew- yeah, in transit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Margot, you're like the acapella musical girl go to, and I have <laughs> I, to I say, don't know why. hats hats off to you because for me that's like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I I enjoy it. I can sing harmony and I can do all that, but like the idea of learning a whole show acapella and doing that is like. Oh my God. (laughs) I still kind of feel that way having done, (laughs) having done two of them, (laughs) but hats off to you because making, you know, being the fruit, the, you know, bringing all the sound forth with just your voice and nothing um, to help you is that's a special skill, truly like to be able to hold it down and to lead the charge in those shows too, is just really impressive. So I just say, thank you. I, I bowed. To, I'm glad it's you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they both happen, but they, they happen. I know it's I, crazy. I was thinking about that, about you. I remember when they announced you were doing octet and I was like, Oh my God, she also did in transit. I was like, look at Margot being the acapella lady. And but, like, I don't, I didn't have any acapella experience. Like it's not <laughs> something that I did. I was just like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying yeah, to give us a try. Yeah, and yeah. now it's a it's a very it's a very it's a very special well, it's your skill. niche yeah. it's my niche one of your many also I mean well, thank yeah. you you definitely have also we don't need an orchestra then you know so we just there you I go. mean cheaper to produce we should all be doing in transit 
an octet right now because that at least cuts down. I mean, I feel like those kind of shows might actually be something that regional theaters should think about as we move forward because you can cut down. I mean, I, I never want musicians to be out of work, but also like we can we're all going to be looking for ways to bring art back to life. Yeah. Right. Well, Octet, it was, is supposed to uh, happen at Berkeley rep in um, a few in the spring. Mm. Um, You know, I mean, fingers crossed. And if not, then hopefully it'll just get pushed back. But because it's only eight people and we're all singing a cappella, and we, we don't touch each other. Like, all these people are, we don't touch each other in the show because everybody is very isolated in their own kind of tech bubble. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's the process of the show that kind of brings us together. It's, we were, we were very socially distanced <laughs> before it was mandatory. <laughs> well, I feel, that, that's what people are exploring right now. I mean, with this production of Godspell, was it yeah. uh, in the Berkshires? I can't Berkshires, Berkshires. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, it's a great episode of The Daily, although you can't get through it without crying because it's like kind of devastating totally. to listen to. But this production of Godspell where everybody was socially distanced and it's a, you know, a very small cast. Obviously, the production was outdoors, but people need to get creative. And that's what everybody's doing right now, trying to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we need the arts to recover from this time, right? The arts is, are what adds beauty to our life in all the ways, visual arts and music and theater and dance. And um, we're going to, we're going to need that. I just, yeah, people I can't are certainly starved for it. Oh yeah. Of, of Renaissance period. Like I really have this hope, you know, every time, every, after every great um, depression in the history of the world. There is a renaissance afterwards of sorts mm. of art and culture. And I just have, I'm hanging my hat on the faith that that is what is going to happen after this. That's a nice way of thinking you about know, it. I, I like I mean, that. I, like I that hope. Oh, we'll see. Let's, okay. You have lots of niches as we were saying. Can we talk a little bit to you about Racket, which is yeah. unbelievable, you guys. Wait to hear what Margot has also done. Um, tell us a little bit about Racket. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Racket came to be in 2015. Um, it was one of those, you know, we we all have them, like string of no work. Um, and I really needed to kind of get out of my own head. And I was volunteering pretty regularly uh, at, with for a dinner for the homeless on the Upper East Side and was chatting my friend and I read an article about what it is like to have your period when you're homeless. And both my, um, my co-founder, Caroline Angel and myself, we were both like that. I mean, we're very privileged and have always been able to get the products that we need when we need them. And we hadn't really thought about it. And so we started talking to some of our guests and came to the understanding that like in many shelters, these, uh, products are difficult to come by or they're the kind of products that you don't really want to use <laughs> when you're on your right. period. And we just kind of did a deep dive on like period shame and the tampon tax. And we were like, okay, I, I, let's let's rally. Let's create at least an initiative where we are helping people get the products that they need specific to their wants because like being able to choose provides agency. So I, me just saying like, here, I'm going to give you, you know, what I like, or this is what I'm assuming was really important for us to have a dialogue with the people that we were serving and make sure that we we're getting them the products that they need. Um, 
And so we would partner with after school programs, with shelters. Um, we work a lot with Covenant House and Hetrick Martin and um, uh, are the trans community, you know, people who are menstruating who we hadn't also necessarily included um, beforehand. And um, getting products to people in need and really talking a lot about period shame and, and getting people into the stores to buy these products and donate them and see how expensive they are. And then I uh, was actually um, part of a class action lawsuit against the state of New York where it was, it's actually called a Cybert versus the state of New York. Yeah. I didn't know they were going yeah. <laughs> to. I didn't know. Charge. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to use my name. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, to, to really bring a lot of attention to the discriminatory nature of tampon taxes, whereas in many states, you know, item. Uh, products such as Rogaine and Viagra are not taxed, but tampons and pads are indeed taxed. So not very shortly after the um, New York state abolished their tampon tax. So that's no longer a thing. You should never see, you know, if you buy any kind of menstrual hygiene product, there should never be a tax on there. Thank you, Margo. <laughs> talk about, I mean, talk about hey, a trailblazer. I mean, it was crazy. Incredible. Also, talk Thanks. about being hot when you said like Rogaine and Viagra don't have taxes, but tampons do. I, my whole body heated up like I'm going to burst into flames. It's the very- anger, and it incites. It does incite a lot of anger. The, the amazing thing was that almost on a yearly basis, we would actually do a Broadway drive, a huge, like we would see how many shows we could get involved and we would um, request specific products and we would get all of the- Eventually, um, fans were involved, but it was cast and crew. And then like, and some actors started sharing what we were doing at the stage door. And then we had fans actually sending items. But I think at one point we were at around um, 20, 25 to 28 different shows. And we got almost like 30,000 products. So, I mean, if you want to head to our website and see what it looks like when we are dragging 30,000 menstrual hygiene products through <laughs> Times Square. <laughs> it is, uh, I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, and we, we had a spring drive planned for this year, but of course, uh, we're COVID. not doing that. COVID, right. the theaters are closed. So we've just been, you know, addressing things with our partners directly and, and getting them product. That's amazing, Margo. I mean, I know, mm. you know, we, to have an idea and see a need and to, then take action and have it come to fruition and be something that is so positively impacting others. I mean, I can't, I mean, what must, I know how, you know, Kara and I love doing our podcast and we definitely have heard from people that, you know, it, it has helped them to hear the stories and to yeah. have this space. But, and so I can only imagine when you can see a physical, uh, the, the physical difference that you're making when you yeah. are handing those to the people who are in such need, um, what that must feel like. I mean, yeah, it's that's so it, it was your, yeah, no, go ahead. What were you, what were you going to No, ask? I was just going to say, um, I know you, I was seeing that you went to school for international relations. So like <laughs> yeah. there's, I feel like it's a very, um, that that's a short hop, skip and a jump to that for inside of your psyche and how you think and as a human being. Yeah. I mean, I also think with performance, it's just, you know, when you're, when the right show aligns and you're telling the message that you want to be saying and like, you're like, ah, I am serving, you know? I mean, that's really important. That keeps me going in an HO week. Like 
when I'm exhausted and you just are like, okay, it's just for that one person who needs this story. It's just for that one person. And so, you know, when I'm not working, I, I feel like that is something that I still, I need to have. I need to be serving something greater than myself. And we're in this incredible, you know, New York City community and we are a community. So, you know, I, I, it's in the selfish way that it gets me out of my own way, you know, mm-hmm. I very much appreciate. And then also I get to serve others. And that is, you know, I think why we're here. <laughs> I, that's amazing. That's so beautiful. And I love what you said about agency. I feel like that's something that we don't think a lot about when we are donating our time, donating privileges, things like that, that we have, we have the ability to make a choice for what we think is best for us. And I think a lot of people who give money or products or clothing or whatnot to others, you know, might not think about how important it is for someone to be able to choose, to be able to see what's best for them. Those are things that we are able to do all the time. And I, I just love that you found the importance in that. Yeah. Um, And that came, that was a learning curve. You know, it came from a place of us going like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what we use or like these, okay, these pads are great. Or like, or we use tampons, here are tampons. And there were, and there were certain populations that we worked with don't want tampons, don't use tampons. We're literally like, you can come pick them up, you know? So we were like, oh, again, coming from a place of assumption and privilege is like, okay, let's get really specific about what is the most important so that you feel, especially when it's something as intimate as your period, right? Like you imagine just not going in, just not having some, you know, product. It's like, it's absolutely terrible. So we were like, the least we can do is get as specific as possible and give and make, you know, we've worked with certain, um, like, uh, some shelters that work with just like new moms and we made very specific kits for each person that were there, you know, Um, because also a lot of these products don't make it onto the list often for Mm -hmm. um, general donations, deodorant, toothpaste, shampoo, you know, like socks. And you're like, Mm -hmm. huh, I mean like diapers and pads and tampons, panty liners, underpants, like very, very essential and in, and in Mm -hmm. great, great need. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that's amazing. Oh um, you guys, you can, you can find out more info, uh, at their website, right? We Yes. And then also make sure to go and please purchase it. And so <laughs> please, please purchase the awesome singles it. so that the money can go, uh, towards people who are in such need right now. Um, influence and searcher. Those are the two singles they're streaming now available digitally on all platforms. Um, Margo, thank you so much yeah, for being here. Thank we you can't so. wait to see your baby girl. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to do a check too. when she arrives. <laughs> oh, we please. Will. I'd love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Be thank well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic. 
Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song. Our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.